Hello, and welcome to Jabberjaw. I'm your host, Jessica Dawson-Collier, and with me, as always, is Tyson Wheeler-Dinas, but we have a special guest today, Matthew David Smith. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. What's going on? Uh, democracy. Uh, what else is going on? That's pretty much most of it. Wait, what are you talking about? I think I missed something. <laughs> Apparently there was a kerfuffle. Uh, putting it mildly, <laughs> at, at the government was there something that happened at the government yeah. the, with the, the people? Which, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, um, you know, uh, now that everybody knows what we're talking about, but um, but once, once you said kerfuffle, the cat was out of the bag. So. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So yeah, uh, I don't know about you guys, but that kind of shot the rest of my Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, I was doing some pretty good work up until about one thirty in the afternoon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Same. That went out the fucking window. Uh, yeah, today's been fun because uh, I keep getting updates of people that were in those very now iconic and famous photos, like uh, you know the guy in the buffalo outfit, the QAnon shaman, and. Uh, People like that now in uh, mug shots next, transposed next to them because they've been arrested. Um, so that's, yep. been a, that's been fun to watch. <laughs> uh, I'm quite entertaining to read. Like they're, they're obviously like reaching out to like every, you know, people that know these people and getting comment. And it's just, it's a lot of quality entertaining reading uh, just to kind of hear, you know, about how devoted they were and, you know, how they just can't. <laughs> It's, it's, yeah, it's, uh, you know, most of them like, like, you know, last, like last unemployment unknown. I think that's, uh, tends to be a, a trend. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a good, I saw, right? I saw, I saw the QAnon channel and they reached out to that guy, the guy in the Buffalo suit and they got like his cousin and his cousin was like, yeah, that's probably him. He's kind of a, big, <laughs> he's kind of, it's like, he's a big, uh, go America kind of guy. He's like, yeah, he's, that's the, I'm going to read that. Yeah. And he's then, a big American. He's a big America guy. Like, <laughs> and then he said, he's, pro- he's probably there if he's in between jobs or something. Uh, which I was like, yeah, yeah good stuff. Uh, yeah, and I was here. I heard a story this morning from Beth saying that um, uh, this girl, uh, maybe you guys read this. I haven't read it, but this is what she's telling me. This girl, uh, she's 18, and she wanted to go to the Black Lives Matter um, protest earlier this year. And her mom was like, no, you can't. Oh, you can't. I did see this. Did you yeah. see this? Uh, uh-huh. You can't, you can't go, you know, it's dangerous. And then a few days ago, her mom was like, Hey, I'm going to go help your aunt um, with some, moving some stuff at her house. And then she was watching, she saw on the Twitter feeds, uh, a woman, a, a black woman getting mugged in that mass of people on Wednesday. And she saw her mom and her aunt there. So she reposted it and said, hello, police, <laughs> or something along those lines. This is my mom and my aunt. Go get them. You know, <laughs> with, with full names. So she made sort of like I think they were like in parentheses. She made sure to include their full names too. Uh, <laughs> you know, so they don't have to become part of this big manhunt that apparently the FBI is. You know, really, you know, they're on the case. They're yeah. on the case. The deep investigative case as to who who did Busting this. Busting down doors. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Hey, look. Yeah. Hey, look. If my my uncle's a bit of a zealot, I mean, and he if I saw him on there, I'd be like, "Hello, police." Uh, where's my fifty thousand dollars? Because I know exactly where that guy lives. What his name is? Uh, and 
Sorry. I wonder if this creates a problem for people who are watching the streams at work. If like they recognized a coworker, but they also knew the timing meant they were like supposed to be like, I don't know, reloading the copier paper or something. And <laughs> it, it could turn into this big thing where like, you know, they're, they're afraid to say anything because, you know, they were, they were doing what a, everybody was on Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, Jerry's not at the dentist. He's in fucking Washington. He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I did. I, I as horrible as the whole thing was, and uh, Matt, I was. I I started laughing at one point because they kept re-rolling this footage of people just streaming into the Capitol building, and um, you know, and I used to work with uh, in legislatures, and so did Matt. Matt, uh, you know, and we've been to a lot of state houses, and there's this thing when you walk into a state house for the first time, especially like a really nice one. You look up and you're like, wow, this is cool. And that's what all these like protesters were like looking around like, wow, yeah. taking pictures. I was like, I was like, yeah, that's just a universal thing. You could be pissed off at the government and still be like, this is an impressive room. Yeah, I had not. You know what? I had not considered that. But like, yeah, like it would be like sort of like those tours of like school children when they're leading them around and they're just kind of taking in the majesty of democracy, um, except they weren't children. They were adults and they just started ripping shit down. And, I, you know, like that was their reaction to like something, you know, like stately, stately. They're not used to stately things, I don't think. Yeah, I think maybe were they expecting it to be like that? QAnon pedophile pizza basement or something inside, <laughs> the, inside the Capitol building. I mean, like this torture things for you know true American. A bunch of shrunken heads in Nancy Pelosi's office. Yeah, something. I mean, like what were they? I mean, and they're like, this is really nice, you know, like. <laughs> Like so, I don't, I don't know. But I what did, were I did, for? Oh, yeah. At a certain point, I just started laughing. I was like, "That's that's pretty funny." You know? Yeah, there was like pretty great live stream that I and unfortunately it cut out after about five minutes. But there was somebody just live streaming on uh, what's the what's the TV network the kids watch? Uh, uh, the, the the video <laughs> game one. Uh, oh, uh, oh, Twitch, Twitch, yeah, Twitch. And it was like it was just crazy because he was just there. You know, I know it like it was just really. I don't know. It was a. Uh, <laughs> big day, big day. I almost was like Nickelodeon. Were they live streaming? On Nickelodeon? <laughs> Sorry, that's okay. No, no, no. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it was it was something else. And the uh, and you know I loved the audacity of those guys that were like sitting in those chairs. And you know, and I've been I've actually sat in a couple of those chairs at different state houses and been like, take my picture, you know. But I wasn't you know trying to steal the chair or you know democracy. But like you know. It's also uh, at the same time I was like some I was like hey buddy you take a picture for me you know I'm like you idiot you know like, like you're all gonna be I mean you you should have been zip tied the moment they they pushed you out of that building I, you know, my favorite was the guy who was walking out with the podium I like you know <laughs> that's the guy who like you know they have to like stop from you know stealing the standy of you know Colonel Sanders from Kentucky Fried Chicken every time I go there they're just like what right? Randy, Randy, put it down. Come on. You know, what are you going to do with that? And he's so, he so happy, though. Like, he was so, like, that was genuine. That was probably the happiest moment of that gentleman's life was carrying out Nancy Pelosi's podium. So, you know, good for him because he'll, yeah. you know, he's I mean, probably going to do like 10 days in jail. So, yeah. It, yeah, it's all, it's certainly downhill from there. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I thought but, that guy was actually the uh, snowboarder Sean White, <laughs> and I had to I had to fucking Google it. I was like, "Holy shit, what happened to him?" I <laughs> uh, started listening to AM radio. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, uh, impressive stuff. I like the guy uh, that they interviewed. No remorse, no idea that treason or sedition can get you life in prison. And he's like, yep. the, the guy that was sitting in Pelosi's like assistance desk, and he uh-huh. he's like, I didn't steal anything. And then he holds up a letter that was addressed to somebody from her office. He's like, I took this. I'm like, okay, what? You just said you didn't steal anything. And then you held up something you stole from that office very clearly. And he's like, but I left her a quarter. I left that bitch a quarter. You know, I was like, first off, <laughs> when was the last time you could buy a stamp for a quarter? And se- <laughs> se- second off, what the fuck are you thinking? And obviously the answer is they weren't. Because, nope. I mean, ooh, I, I know they're not black, but they should expect some sort of, you know, response. You, you know, from the you police. Thought. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I was so mad because nobody was getting zip tied and they were just kind of, although I did notice I was watching some stream streaming uh, where they, you know, when they started shooting off the tear gas and the pipe, you know, when they were really finally clearing out that top level and you could see people like jumping out the top windows above the doors, like as soon as, in, in between flashes. And I was like, holy shit. So one, of the, one of the people that – oh, sorry, Tyson. No, no, no. Go no, ahead. I was just, I was, no, 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 no. It was your story. Go ahead, sir. <laughs> well, we're, we're civil time now, Tyson. It's 2021. You have, you have the mic. You're right. Yeah. Uh, no, I was just like, there's some good athletes coming out of those doors because, I mean, they're jumping six, eight feet up, you know. But I guess, you know, if there's a pipe bomb blowing up in your ass, you're going to fucking – or a flash bomb, you're going to run pretty well. And I know I've been talking a lot, so you guys talk for a while. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Go. <laughs> You know, I was just gonna say, I think like one of the uh, one of the people they actually caught that like I have photos of like jumping the wall was like a I think he was a freshman like state representative or state senator uh, from somewhere, and he was like he'd just been sworn in like a couple days before, and then he went straight to the straight to the rally, no. and uh, yeah, wow. yeah, so yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the thing that gets lost is like, even though this was, you know, the coup that shouldn't, you know, couldn't shoot straight, like it, like it, it doesn't like change the fact that that's what it was. Yeah. Like, just because Very they were a bunch of idiots and incapable of accomplishing anything and just thought it was a big joke, you know, shouldn't underscore the point that that's what this was. <laughs> this was, you know, <laughs> an attempt to undo the duly elected president of the United States. And I think that's, I think that's sad. I think it's, you know, just because they, they didn't dress for the occasion, we didn't take it more seriously. Right. Um, but they don't dress for any occasion. So actually, you know, I mean, there's some truth to that, but I, I found myself Googling things like Trump 45 football Jersey America. <laughs> and just look, I was just looking for clothing that I saw on the crowd. You know, like I was like, can you, you must be able to buy that. That man did not make that Trump 45 jersey, you know. <laughs> and, you know, and I was like, God damn, man, where do you, I, I assume you could buy this flag somewhere. And I just kept Googling stuff. I was like, oh, you could buy that flag for 60 bucks. You know, I was like, I mean, there's a whole, I was like, wow, they, there's a whole industry, you know, set up just to help these people get ready for the big day when it finally happens, you know, where they take down the government. <laughs> oh, God. Right. No, Did you order it. any of that stuff? Because I feel like the FBI is now tracking it. I feel like I feel like I got everything I need. Um, well, first of all, I don't get any of those fuckers any more money. But uh, the uh, I feel like I got everything I need with Trumpy Bear. I think that is the the the, the ultimate in ridiculousness you know purchase wise that you know i'll walk away with although i have been seeing ads for two dollar bills with uh with donald trump's face on them 
and uh, and they're saying legal, you know, actual that. legal U.S. currency, two dollar bill with. Well, there's already a fucking two dollar bill with somebody else's, you know, face on it. So I don't, you know, I don't know what the shit's going on. You know, if it was a three dollar bill, I'd be like, okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> Here's my money. You know, you can get a a a Trump 2020 flag still uh, uh, for three dollars and seventy four cents delivered. Uh, prime. Uh, $3.74. It's a big flag. Three by five foot 2020 president flags. Keep America great again. You can also get the, uh, the Patriot pack, which includes, uh, also includes the don't tread on me, which is sort of like the natural accompaniment to, to the Trump 2020 flag. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like the salt and pepper of flags, you know, anywhere where I'm going, where I'm going with this is it's very reasonable to be a Trump supporter. Uh, economically <laughs> well, speaking. Uh, well i mean it is now it's a fucking fire sale everything's got to go i mean if you go That's to the white, if you go to the white if you go to the white house.gov uh store you know all of those all this shit is like half off and you know they've and it's been half off for like three months and they're just like we got to get rid of the all these guys why do we buy 10 million donald trump you know christmas tree ornaments you, you, what the fuck you get it you get a free copy of uh, Don Jr.'s latest book too. That's the deal. Like they just they just throw that in for free. I like uh, I like I, one of my favorite things that's happened since this happened is that Josh Hawley lost his book uh, deal. Yes. yes, yes. And then he he and then he sent out a tweet saying, "This is infringing upon my First Amendment rights." You know, not realizing that like you know book <laughs> book publishers you know they don't have to put out books you know just because you wrote it. Right. I was thinking about this too. Like this is like what people fundamentally misunderstand about the the First Amendment is you have the right to say whatever the fuck you want to. However, others have the right not to disseminate what you said. And like it's it mind boggling that yes, you can go on any corner of America and espouse your bullshit, but you don't have the right to write an op ed in the New York Times. It's like that's not how shit works. And it's uh, it's like. People don't get that. They're like, no, you're infringing on my pri- you know, my rights because Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Absolutely not. No, they chose to, you know, silence you because you were devaluing that community. Um, that's right. That's and right. They have every right to do that. If your political statement is that I get drunk on Thursday nights after watching Tucker Carlson and throw <laughs> beer bottles and throw beer bottles at my abandoned shed in the backyard until someone yells at me, that is your right as an American. But don't fucking take that anywhere else. You will get arrested. You know, it's just, it's not freedom of speech, you know, once you leave your property, you know, so, and oh my God, and I, I got in a fight, <clears throat> you know, because I, I, you know, like now, you know, Donnie J as we call him uh, amongst us uh, is now what banned from Twitter forever, maybe indefinitely and Facebook for sure for a couple weeks. Right. Or maybe more. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, and from I mean, the other platforms, I believe uh, yeah, Reddit, well, uh, like YouTube, all of it. I was like, really? They're going to take the time to censor his Twitch page. But then I was like, you know, I guess people probably watch whatever he puts on Twitch. Like that Desperate times. <laughs> you know, I, I, bet the, I bet the eventual outcome of this is that he becomes a regular, I'm guessing, without that morning practice of, uh, you know. <laughs> You're probably right. A, kid, a couple of kids off the pool and, uh, you know, tweeting out, uh, you know, national security. Yeah. Like, he's not gonna have that anymore it's like that comfort is gone you know it's like that carpet under the barefoot it's just it's gone if he would have been nice yeah. to tiktok he probably could still get on there but no. 
Kind of fucked himself all the way around the, the room in this situation. Oh, uh, yeah. Have you guys seen the meme where it's that dumb picture of him on Air Force One and he's on the laptop and he's got his one finger ready to like press something? And uh, <laughs> the caption is like a Google search bar and it says, How, how to tweet without Twitter. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh. yeah that's sad uh, I, yeah, uh, I gotta say man though I was like for, uh, yesterday I was like okay you're not gonna look at the news until like at least after lunch you're gonna have a nice lunch yeah. <laughs> you know you're gonna do some work that you didn't get done on Wednesday and then you're just gonna watch a Nick Cage movie maybe <laughs> two and then you can look at the news <laughs> but it's great like all these people are leaving and now he's like he's i hope pat's hope he gets impeached first off again even though it probably won't matter and i hope but i hope his 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 lawyer pat you know the white house oh, counsel, yeah. yeah i think he's gonna leave i mean he was telling everybody else to leave so if he leaves and he gets uh you know impeached uh what are the what is he gonna do? Defend himself? I mean, yeah, I, I don't remember who tweeted it out, but it was some I don't know some of the, one of the big papers and one of their journalists tweeted out something about how you know how uh, you know staffers are worried that they might not be able to get another job now. And it, it's like well, this oh just God. occurred to you. This just occurred to you that like I mean it's it's mind boggling that like you know that is the world's tiniest violin by the way uh, for those people. Uh, oh, that for sure. Yeah, yeah, like. Uh, <laughs> Just oh no! It was Steph- Stephanie Grisham? Is that her name? Uh, that she was the press secretary for like three months, and then she, you know, yeah. had, had no press conferences, you know, and she quit. Like she quit on Thursday, and I'm like, now, you know, like, you yeah, know, right. Yes. Well, as and as she to her very ex- actually no, it's not credit at all. It's the opposite of credit. Um, <laughs> defamation. Discredit. Um, uh, the uh, she actually said that it was the reason why she didn't she couldn't bring herself to leave it that it was such an honor to serve the United States of America that she took that role very seriously and Barf. she could not, yeah it was yeah She's a human garbage fire that woman yes yes seriously. so. <sighs> All right. Yeah, All right. I feel a little bit. I feel a little bit better. I don't know if you guys do, but that, it's good helps. to talk. It's good to talk about this. <laughs> it and, is. Yeah, and we're gonna get like another impeachment. It looks like on Monday, um, and we'll see how that goes. But you know, oh, at the end of the day, the weight is gone. Like it's now we just have this faction of you know crazy armed individuals running around America unhappy. Right. But other oh, than yeah, that, other handing than that, out. Flyers to come on the seventeenth, armed. What are they calling it? The armed march uh, of oh, freedom. Oh, I've seen a couple of those, and I'm oh, like, Jesus no. Christ, this can't be true. Yeah, <sighs> Michael Moore posted something today. I've gone down a really weird rabbit hole the past couple of days, which is probably why I'm physically not feeling well. Uh, but yeah, I would, I would not look at the flyer he posted. I'm actually pretty scared at this point in time if it's true. They're all over the where I work too. Uh, even here in uh, undisclosed Indianapolis, Indiana, they're uh, yeah, they're they're downtown all over the place, and you know, they're like little white nationalists, like like uh, art, and it's just yeah, it's they're gross. Like mean little Mormons out there, Hannah, and giving out the word of God. <laughs> very mean little Mormons. <laughs> yeah, like, very, very aggressive. Way. Have you found Trump? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <I've got laughs> this orange right. fire. 
right? Yeah. <laughs> Except yeah. for bicycles, they ride Harleys too. It's, this, is all, this is all coming together for me now. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Get it. This roll up, <laughs> drop some Patriot on your front lawn. Yep. <laughs> you know, I think, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, um, ugh, my brain. Um, the, uh, oh, I lost it. Sorry. I thought of something else. But it's gone. I just, yeah, it's, I, I don't see any of that stuff. You know, we don't leave the house. I, I live in Johnson, or I live in a county that's, well, I just said it. Who cares? Johnson County. It's a big county. Come find me. Um, That, uh, you know, where, uh, uh, you know, it's pretty democratic and, you know, it's a blue county for Kansas and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, um, ah, damn it. Talk amongst yourself. I'm trying to remember the thing that I was going to. Well, I'll talk, I'll talk about Tyson's geographic location a little bit. Cause it reminded me of something. So that a Holly dude who was, he's a Missouri, right? Senator from Missouri. That's right. And I think yesterday, both the KC star and the, what St. Louis intelligence dispatcher, is that right? Uh, both came out with op-eds telling him that he should resign. And I thought that was a yes, apt. So wow. If he read Good. newspapers, maybe he would uh, reconsider uh, his, his stance on this. Well, everybody, thought of you? Everybody's come out of the, <laughs> everybody has come out of the woodwork to say that he sucks. I mean, friends and enemies alike. It's just like, oh boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and you know McConnell told him what to do. So it's gonna be real interesting you to see bet. Like, how like that's a that's a big deal and they're they're gonna find themselves with very few friends. Uh t- Ted Cruz amazingly even less. I was just gonna ask about Teddy Bear Cruz. What's <laughs> happening with him? I mean he's he's jumping ship now, right? I, I I don't. He's he's trying to find the best way for Ted Cruz to stay relevant at the moment. I think. I think he and Holly think they've got a shot in twenty twenty four. But that's what these people don't understand is like you don't have you know seventy five million GOP supporters. You have nope. sixty five million Trump supporters. And I just I don't know where they're going next. Like I think they probably did the smart thing, and they were all right. Enough is enough. And you know what? I'm actually kind of ha- glad this thing happened because it, it all just tumbled away in an afternoon. Like it just became very clear. It wasn't over weeks or months. It just tumbled away in an afternoon. And they, you know, they're they're in damage control mode now, and they're gonna, you know, McConnell did an excellent job. You know, so did Lindsey Graham. I mean, and like, and that's all people are gonna remember. That you know, they're not so. They're just cleaning up and they're, you know, the bulk of the party is doing, I think, the, the smart thing. Certainly the right thing needed to be done four years ago. But the smart thing now, they're they're following suit, it appears like. So. I think it would right. be nice. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think that, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of people that are upset and Trump supporters, but you're right. that like I mean, that, that Trump MAGA thing only works if Trump's involved. And, exactly. Uh, and, <laughs> and, you know. And he could, it's conceivably possible, like they were, you know, they were threatening Don Jr. and Eric and all those guys that they would be in everybody's backyard for the next two years, putting money against people to run up primaries, you know, and all the money they're going to get. And I just kept thinking, first off, these guys are really bad at managing money. I mean, just (laughs) as a a track record, you know, two, like, and somebody, somebody was like, somebody was like, um, Oh, you know, Donald Trump, you know, he's not he wasn't that interested in government when he was president, so I can't really imagine that he's going to be interested in this. And I, at first I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like the only the only thing that fuels that guy is to right the wrongs that he's been offended by people that have, you know, people that <laughs> right. have right. people right. that have betrayed him. I mean, his black book makes 
I'm sure his his list of enemies makes Nixon's list of enemies look like a fucking napkin, you know, because it's it and now it's huge. So at first I was like, of course he's going to try to punish all these people. But now it's like, oh, everyone jumped ship. So now what what's he going to do? Is he going to try to attack everybody every day for the rest of his life? And the answer is probably yes, but he'll be doing it in an echo chamber in his house in Mar-a-Lago. So or Newsmax, which is or Newsmax, yeah, yeah. O A N N. What? Uh, so since he's gonna, I mean, it sounds like they blocked Parlor and Gab from being downloaded on what Google Play, and uh, I don't Google, know. Yeah, Apple it sounds do, like right? Yeah, the the deal was they were going to, uh, if they didn't change their content, they were going to remove them from the Apple Store sometime today. I think I gave him 24 hours. I actually uh, jumped on this opportunity to go ahead and sign up for a parlor account. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, uh, it, uh, it it is not like, I don't think it's working. Like, I think, like, I don't, I'm not able to find, maybe this is it working, but I don't see anybody here. Um, oh, yeah. shit. So Interesting. I, yeah, I was, so was going to ask, like, what sort of questions did they ask you in the survey to fill well, out? Actually, the, <laughs> first, to be a survey. the first question they ask you is what your favorite color is. Interestingly enough, you have to select really? a favorite color. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> makes them, makes them feel like they've passed a test in order right, to yeah, uh, what like... color is red, white, and blue. <laughs> I'm blind. What's a color? Oh, <laughs> shit. I don't know. We hadn't thought about that. I chose red just because I thought that might like get me kicked out, but again, it did not. It did not. <laughs> Apparently it really is a, uh, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyway. Oh my God. What do you think uh, Trump is going to call his new social media platform if he even develops one? Oh, it'll probably be something like Tweet Force or some shit like that. (laughs) Tweet Force. (laughs) (laughs) The sixth branch of the military. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Viral. Does does Space Force survive? That's the real question. Is is Space Force going to continue to be a thing after January 20th? True. I don't know. All the, all the work they've put into that. Oh, yeah. I, I, all I, the flags that they've made. I guarantee you they put more money into the show than they did the actual branches <laughs> of armed forces. Oh, for sure. Well, I you guarantee. know, they, they had already – they copyrighted the show before they copyrighted the actual force. So in theory, <laughs> in theory, the government has to pay – the the producers of the show money to, to license the name to have the thing, so and that is not that's not a joke by the way that's true. So like uh, yeah, it's I I don't th- wow. I think I think it just gets absorbed back in. I mean I think everyone agrees that maybe we should keep our shit here on the earth and not fight it out, you know, elsewhere. <laughs> you know like, we can't, we can't protect our own goddamn Capitol building. Let's not try for the rest of the fucking galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> Not well. no. There's an output. There's an outpost on Venus that I don't like. Let's go up there and you know you could barely walk around on the moon without dying anyway. And now imagine bringing a gun. You know <laughs> you shoot on the moon, you're gonna go propelling backwards like a hundred feet. You know oh I I remember what I was gonna say. And I, I actually you know and Matt we're on a, we're on a group text and then Matt posted something about. Mike Pence's comment when they got back into the session and he's like, well, I have, you know, 2%. I take back 2% of the things I've said about Mike Pence in the last four years. And I said, don't go crazy, Matt. But at, but after the more I read about it, it really was Mike Pence. It finally, the moment that broke Mike Pence where like 
he didn't do what the president wanted. So what did the president do? Like enrage, you know, 10,000 people to go find him in the office. Not anyone. Pence, really. That's who they were mad at, you know? Yeah. So like that was the final straw for him, you know? And he's actually was quoted to somebody who was like, yeah, I was talking to me. He's like, yeah, everything I've done for that man. And this is how he treats me. I'm like, no shit, you idiot! What are you? <laughs> right, right. It's like what everybody uh, saw, and like, I, and, and I do think, like, I do think, you know, the amount of political capital Mike Pence had on January 5th was non-existent. I mean, if the the idea that this would be a typical, you know, presidency vice presidency relationship where you know that you know the vice president would be elevated just as sort of due course was never going to happen. And right. and like which I which is like why he was one of the very few people, if you remember, there were a lot of people not interested in that role. And he was going to lose Indiana, the governorship, uh, you know, in, in twenty sixteen. And so he was like, yeah, you know, let's just, you know, what the hell? And uh yeah, but I do think like I think his uh whole like now let's get back to work statement very strong. I thought he did, you know, he uh, he had a good sort of you know reentry back into I'm controlling things now, and I think uh, I think it probably helped him a little bit. At least so I don't know if it'll see the traditional GOP kind of falls in line behind him, or as the I don't know. It's it's going to be fun to watch. I you know I, whatever. He's, as far as I'm concerned, he's actually now a viable candidate. You know, yeah, which I don't think he was yeah. before. I mean, basically, you've got Pence at the top of the traditional GOP and you've got, you know, Holly and Cruz and that whatever that idiot from Canada, the eight people, seven or eight people that finally, you know, and they're just like, yeah. And then they're even more deluded in that they think that supporting Trump is going to get them Trump voters, which that's that's never going to happen. So anyway, no, it could be, you know, I suppose thinking out loud here, which is always smart on a podcast that's being sent. That's out your job. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Where are we going to call I, this podcast that, thinking I, out loud? I, yeah. <laughs> uh, I suppose this could be the first time since, what, the 1870s where we could viably have a, a third-party movement happening, right? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. That's very much so. But Absolutely. this this was the third party. I mean, <laughs> we, oh, the fucking libertarians get their shit together a little bit better, you know? Like, yeah, I don't know. I was hoping that I always hoped the third party would be the libertarians or maybe a green party, you know, like an actual green party. But this is this isn't what I wanted. This is like the it's like the four H club taking over the fucking Congress. I don't like this, and I no offense to four Hers, but I mean, come on, you're not there to govern. <laughs> you know, you're, 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 you're there because you like to do fucking fun shit sometimes with animals and bales and shit. You know, oh man, thank God we don't have. To so what do you I, think we'll actually like call the party? Like, if they, if they, I mean, I obviously the Trump party or the party of Trump or, um, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, of course he would name it after himself, um, right? Uh, no, I think right. they've already. I think they've already named it. I think that it's the MAGA party. Oh, yeah, MAGA it's, party. oh, that's true. It's the MAGA party. That's yeah. right. You know, <laughs> stupid as that is, that that instantly gives away the fact that uh, you know, make America great again, meaning that you know they come from a place where America sucks, and even when it was not sucking, like it's like the name of that that Stephen Colbert book before Trump became president is like, time to make America great again, again. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's wow. Can I can I uh, can I just 
so I'm going to transition because we have a lot to talk about. This show might be split into two parts, people. So just sorry. Um, so I'm working on a new catchphrase for 2021. And uh, I, th- I thought Matt would like it, but I don't know. You guys want to hear it? All right. This is my Absolutely. This is, this is my current. This is where I'm going, I think, unless I think of a better one. This is it. Jesus Jones, you're unbelievable. Oh, my God. So I, 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 I love that. I love that. <laughs> you might like that. I love that. <laughs> it came to me in a dream. Uh, <laughs> Jesus did. Jones, you're unbelievable. And although you are misattributing <laughs> the song, that's where it lies a lot of the, the comedy, because EMF and Jesus Jones were basically the same fucking band. So that, I love it. I love it, Tyson. I'm going to get that on a T-shirt uh, and ball cap as soon Jesus twenty was it just is it is it twenty twenty? Jesus Jones, you're unbelievable. It's twenty twenty one. Well, this is the optimistic. Oh, okay. This is All this right. is the twenty twenty one. Jesus, I do like it. I do. Jesus I do Jones, like it. It came to me at three o'clock in the morning when I couldn't get back to sleep, and I just like Jesus Jones, you're unbelievable. And I was like, wait a minute, and write that down. And you guys. I think this, I think we should all come up with a new catchphrase every year. Like I, 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 I one year, one year I kept I love saying crazy. I was like, I kept saying crazy mess. I just kept saying that one year, all year, uh, and uh, I think so. You guys should work on your catchphrase, and I want to hear. We will. I yeah. I'm gonna crib from that one though. I I will use that. So I will. No, that's uh, fine. That is not. I will that's tri- too- that's too big for one person, Matt. That's too big. That's true. Well, you probably need one more than one person to have a catchphrase like you know, like happen to make it make it you know. I I, I just my dad when my parents are saying it and then it dies. It's like yeah, it's like yeah. That's a, yeah over. Like, dad just, says Jesus Jones. That's unbelievable. I'm like all right. <laughs> if that happens, we made it. We made it. Uh, I will start. I will, I will dedicate my life to the Lord. If that happens, oh, something else. <laughs> All right, goodness. Uh, any any more thoughts about this crazy week? Uh, anything at all? God, no. I just want to be able to sleep again and feel better physically. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of like two and three a.m. nights this week. Uh, so yes, I'm. I don't expect next week to be any less crazy. Um, but um, yeah, I would. It would be. It would be nice to sleep again. So yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. It's too bad. You know, the last the last time I was working in an office, an actual office, when they started the impeachment, was the first. Uh, and the day they started the impeachment, since I knew that I was not going to do any work that day except watch, you know, the impeachment hearings, I brought donuts into the office just to see if anyone would ask me if I brought donuts into the office to see, you know, because of the impeachment. <laughs> <laughs> and as it turns out, three or four people did ask me if I brought donuts. Did they really? Yeah, and I'm very good about not talking politics at work at all. But they just, they, you know, I guess I kind of give off that shitty, snarky vibe. And I was like... <laughs> Fucking ex hipster bastard. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so shall we shall we get to the meat of the show? The meat. Uh, sure. <laughs> wow, that was hey. that was, was wow. Well done, sir. Well done, yep. sir. Uh, yeah. Okay, so as you all know, because I know you're all regulars, um, the uh, we set upon ourselves in mid January, I think, or not January, mid. I guess, didn't we talk just before Whatever Thanksgiving? Yeah. It was November. It was around Thanksgiving. Uh, we challenged ourselves to watch all the Nicolas Cage movies that came out 
this year or last year in 2020. Well, it turns out that it, not that many came out. So we went back to um, 2019. So 2019 and 2020 Nick Cage movies. So we yes. uh, so we watched. Now I just want to say that that sounds like oh that's a piece of cake. You've had two and a half months to do it. It is not. Uh, it is. <laughs> it is not easy to watch. No. So I mean, we're not watching Face Off here, all right? This is that's not what's going on here, and even Face Off I think is terrible. But I mean, now I have a new appreciation for some bad movies. Um, anyway, so uh, we've watched as many as we could possibly watch, um, and so I, if it's okay with you guys, uh, I'm just going to introduce them in reverse order, okay? So I'm going to okay. give the title, a little rundown, uh, a little bit of some of the more notable people in the movie. And then, um, and then you know, if there's anything interesting uh, other than that, Are you ready? Ready. Let's okay. Do it. Uh, okay. So the last one that came out, which is the first, or which is was called Jujitsu, which is misspelled, by the way. I don't understand that. Um, so this movie, uh, every six years, an ancient order of Jujitsu fighters join forces to battle a vicious race of alien invaders. But when a celebrated war hero goes down in defeat, the fate of the planet and mankind hangs in the balance. All right. And this starred. uh, Okay. So here's the one about this movie. Nick Cage is not really starring in this movie. Not at all. He's in a, he's in for like two seconds at the beginning and then he's not on screen until 40 minutes in. So, uh, but it it stars, uh, a lot of nobodies. Um, it has Nick Cage in it. Frank Grillo is in it for a second. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and um, the guy, the funny guy uh, with the fro, Eddie Steeples from uh, from uh, My Name is Earl is in it. Other than that, I didn't recognize anybody. Uh, so uh, that's it. And the, uh, the director, writer, basically uh, – He's done a bunch of directing stuff. The last two things he did were kickboxer movies, which makes sense if you've seen this movie. Uh, and there's a quote. Cool, that's still all make it is. Kickboxer movies? Like, I, I didn't know that, like, there's like Blood Sport 19. What's the, the. So the last. So the two movies he made before this were called Kickboxer Vengeance, Kickboxer Retaliation, and in production right now is Kickboxer Armageddon. So he's really thrown all Jesus. in on this movie. And there's a quote about him. There's a quote about him from Forbes that says, Director Logothetius, however you pronounce his name, brings the spirit of 80s action into a new era, which I think is probably the nicest thing you could say uh, about him. Um, and just so if you want to know basically what this movie is, uh, uh, before I close and hand it over to you, it's like a, it's like the Predator. It's like the Predator, uh, except that there's kung fu fighting going on. I mean, even the guy, even the villain is, or the monster or the alien or whatever he is, same thing. When he has the same heat vision that he uses and he's, he's invisible unless he turns off his invisibility. Uh, and uh, yeah. So thoughts, anyone, <laughs> anyone. Oh, I should also say that none of us made it through this movie. This is the only Not movie. At all. This is the only movie I didn't make through, and it turns out that Matt and I were talking earlier, and we both made it to exactly fifty minutes, fifty-one minutes. I made it through, and we both stopped. 
So that's about the time I started making black bean quesadillas, and they were delicious. That was my favorite part of the movie, actually. So I forgot. What, watching this movie last night like made me realize that there's there's effectively two different kind of Nick Cage movies. There's watchable Nick Cage movies, and there's wa- unwatchable Nick Cage movies. And like the only sort of metric that really matters is how long you make it into a Nick Cage movie before you determine that it's unwatchable. That is really the gauge by which all of his films should be judged is sort of like, <laughs> can you get to the end? I usually don't have to ask that question, but can you make it to the end? And then if not, how long did you make it? Um, turns out with our, even with our incredibly small sample size, that is 50 <laughs> minutes. Exactly. So. <laughs> Now, yeah. you, I, I should say that Jessica did make it through the entire movie. So. Oh, I, I, my apologies. Uh, yeah, and I made it through. I mean, the last, whatever, 45 minutes were spent making quesadillas, eating quesadillas. And, and it was just on in the background. Okay, well, and that- the ending, I was just kind of like, oh, so they're just walking now. And they're not punching or kicking for the first time since it started. All right. <laughs> Well, that is exactly where we ended because if you get 50 minutes into it, 51 minutes into it, that means there's 50 minutes left. So you lasted just a little bit longer than we did. Just a little bit. Just a tad. Just a tad. I mean, I watched this movie last night and I still remember very little about it. I mean, it was, first of all, the the Predator thing, like totally obvious, like kind of knockoff of Predator. Like they, unapologetic, just completely. They just went with it. And and it looked worse. Um, (laughs) The alien, we've got to talk about the alien uh, because you would think that in the 30 plus years since Predator was made, we could probably make a cooler looking Predator alien. No, 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 not with this budget. No, Um, not at all. No, it was really... That struck me, the whole predator thing and the just silliness of the alien. God, I hope are we, we should have started with this, but it's going to be implied that we are going to have some spoilers uh, in this. I know that uh, the combination of great Nicolas Cage movies and our massive <laughs> fan base lead to a lot of risk here. But I, do, I do want to like throw that warning out there. Uh, but yeah, but like it just like the, the whole it was shot like a video game. Like it was like it was so weird. Like it had this first person that, that steady cam thing. But, it, right? but yes. it was done really poorly. Like have yes. you guys seen Hardcore Henry where they kind of mastered the first person camera action? Right. It's a great movie, great action movie. And you there are I mean he literally rips off certain sort of styles from that movie in the worst way possible. I'm like, uh, you should have just thrown this out in the editing room, but they went for it and kept doing it. And I was like, what is happening? Yeah. They, they do that thing where they, you know, there's fight scenes, you know, the whole movie is just a, like a fight scene. And then, you know, like, uh, but they, and I just never understood this. Like some, they, so they slow it down real slow and then they speed it up real fast and slow it down. I mean, like, for, for as far as I can tell, no reason at all because it's not like they're, it's like they can a karate chop. That's how technical I am about this. Let's say a karate chop <laughs> is coming in, and you know it'll go slow, fast, slow, fast, miss. You know, and I'm like, why? This is some way to like it's. I guess it's supposed to make it more exciting. I mean, really, but yeah, that first person thing where they lock onto the face and then like everything around them moves. You know, yeah. Uh, I was like, come on, guys. 
Well, then also they had the weird like comic book transitions going on, yes. which yes. were really poorly done. And I was just like, oh, Smith and Tyson have to be fucking stewing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just I wondered if it, they if I originally I wondered if it was because they were really trying to look like it was based off a graphic novel. And it like, mm. yeah. yeah, it didn't. Uh, nothing about this film worked. Uh, it was yeah. <laughs> You know, it's hard to draw in a comic book an invisible character that you can't see or hear. You know, it's really hard to pull that off and make it sort of engaging. I think it's interesting that the alien's face was basically a cloud. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think the president yeah. had it. Was like it was like, uh, yeah, it was like that, that, that Kennedy Smith fellow that like, you know, remember the trial, the, the blue dot over her face? That's a, that's a dated at F's reference, but. Uh, that's a long one. That's a deep yeah, pocket. Wow. Yeah, wow. That yeah. That's what it reminded me of. Uh, was the uh, William Kennedy Smith rape trial. That's what it reminded me of. From 31 years ago. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. All right. So, any needless to say, this was no one's favorite or least. Well, I don't know. It could have been. I I uh I gave it a taco shop rating. Would you like oh, me to give you? my taco shop rating? Yes, absolutely. If now explain this to what what a taco. Okay, shop so everybody at this point in time should know what taco shop is. It's a place from uh my hometown, Smith's hometown, Glassman's hometown, uh really close to Tyson's hometown, and they serve mediocre tacos that are microwaved. We talk about them a lot. Too much. Sorry, B. Uh, but I, I thought it'd be fun to give taco shop ratings for each of the movies. So with this movie, uh, I gave it a bag of Sancho's that was left in the back of a taco shop delivery car over the weekend. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you know, that's, that's, that sounds about right, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I did want to point out that since we, uh, since we this movie came out, there's already another Nick Cage movie that came out. <laughs> what? Yeah. So anyway, uh, uh, that's foreshadowing. So, um, okay. So the next one that was made after this was called uh, Grand Isle. And Grand Isle, uh, this is, I'm reading the IMDb description. The young father is charged with murder and must prove his innocence by recalling a very twisted and dark night of events. Now, this stars Nick Cage, uh, Katie Strickland, who I was unfamiliar with. Uh, the main character, Luke Binward, who I never heard of. And then Kelsey Grammer is the slow and over, <laughs> over, over accented, uh, Southern oh prosecutor. <clears throat> and, uh, and he does not believe in due process and everything he was doing in this movie would have been tossed out by simply saying, my client's attorney was not present. And he was not allowed to talk to an attorney or make a phone call. End of movie. If he would have been there. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Wait, Tyson, can I can I read you something that I wrote while watching it? Kelsey Grammer looks like shit. Someone is not eating tossed salad and scrambled eggs, clearly. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, Go on. Uh, oh, uh, something interesting about this movie. The director is only directed a couple things, but he's been the steady cam operator for like a lot of movies, like 122 movies. Um, Interesting. And um, and that's what you see a lot of in these in these new Nick Cage movies. Is there's like uh, there's like five or six different production companies that are all co-producing these movies, and <clears throat> what you see a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, you see a lot of like. They spent a lot of money on Nick Cage and, you know, maybe some money on Kelsey Grammer. 
But what they'll do is they'll hire like a good camera guy, but not a director. You know, they just kind of trust the actors to figure it out for themselves. And uh, and they also try to design these movies, uh, a lot of them, in my opinion, for multiple worldwide markets. Uh, but we'll get more into that in a little bit. Anyway, uh, the interesting thing about this, th- when I was looking at the trivia, was basically that this got – let me make sure I'm right about this. Um, uh, uh, this one uh, yeah this is the first zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes movie for Nick Cage since Deadfall in 1993 no shit wow yeah uh, the rest of this stuff is kind of interesting if you've seen the film but other than that it's not um, uh, so anyway uh, I, I thought it was interesting though or just didn't mention it because the what you mentioned about like the production value on for the most part, all of these films is actually pretty good. Um, you know, it's not the, the, the sort of B movie of the modern era, like, you know, production equipment, it's gotten so much less expensive over the last 15, 20 years that like they're, they're like visually pretty nice. Now it does take a dive and we'll get into this later with one of the films, you know, when they don't quite have the CGI budget that they need. Um, but you know, but they, for the most part, they do look good. And for the most, like there were a lot of like these movies, which I would, I would watch and they would have good scenes, but then they would also have like a horrible, and I, I don't, maybe this was just like death by a, you know, a thousand, you know, ex, you know, executive comments. I mean, that's what it seems like to me is that they, they just like, they had probably okay, decent writers, but there are just some of these times when these plots takes twists that it's just like, Oh, it, you know, I, I thought this might be a decent film. And then they just slap you in the face and remind you that you're watching it on Hulu <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it came out four weeks ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, sorry, not to take, but, but this is, uh, I think, a very good example of that. It's very well produced. It's, it's. Uh, yeah, I it's totally, I, I totally agree. I think. Um, a little surprised it got a zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. To be honest, I am too. Actually, I, this was not my least favorite movie. Uh, oh, I don't mind oh, either. No. Yeah. My, it was, it was wonky. I, I would say that you know, I mean, you, they all looked pretty good. I thought the camera work was pretty good in all of them, except you know, a little wonky here and there. I mean, it. You know, the last movie, Jiu-Jitsu, looked like, a, you know, a Sharktopus type movie that was made for sci-fi, you know? Yes. You know, but this, this these are... <laughs> it's, not, it's not a real film. Yeah, it's so hard. It should be. Copyrighted, we copyrighted. No, no, there, there is a, there's a Sharktopus, there's a, you know... Uh, uh, I mean, if you can think of a monster and a dinosaur, they've combined it and made a, made a name for it. Uh, you know, like like Tyrannosaurus, that's one of theirs. I mean, they're great, uh, but they're terrible. <laughs> There's movies. no original thinking in Hollywood anymore. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're 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 not good movies, but they've got great titles. But um, but this one was actually like that was pretty good. Now, I don't know. What do you think, Dawson? Before I give my thoughts on the end, but go ahead. Uh, I I thought it looked great. Um, I really liked the hunky uh picket fence guy. <laughs> Buddy. Um, buddy, yes, that guy. Uh, which uh, I don't know. I think the whole they laid it on pretty thick with the wife. She, I, I felt, was pretty annoying for the most part. But most of those other characters in Nick Cage movies are. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk more about that in the other movies because one of them I really love, Leslie Bibb. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> but uh. There was a scene with Nick Cage and the picket fence guy that I loved, and it spurred one of my favorite lines from the movie, which was, uh, when was the last time you got your dick or cock sucked? 
And just the look of Nick Cage throughout the entire movie, probably my favorite Nick Cage look if we're going to go there. But uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I felt myself like actually watching it and paying attention and laughing a lot. Yeah, it was very watchable. It was it kept my interest. Um, you know, even though not perfect, it was like eh, this isn't this isn't too bad. And I think yeah. it, it maintains that throughout. This isn't the entire film is like that, which should be commended. Yeah, I thought I thought that the uh, you know I well first off, it looked like a really I really thought this was going to finish strong. I really did. I thought I was oh, like see, yeah, this yeah. is the one because this is like I, I'd seen three before this. This is my fourth. I'm like. All right, this is different. It's a little different than the others. You know, they're all kind of for me. Like this wasn't like that, but the deal. Yeah, spoilers. By the way, we're just yeah, I feel all bad over about the it. place. Yeah, I'm just, it's fine. When I so, post it, I'll make sure. I'll just call this spoilers. <laughs> so yeah, so the twist at the end, right? Where like you're not sure. You know, I was pretty. I got to a point where I was like, okay, well, they're probably working together. to screw this kid right this buddy character the yeah. nick cage and his wife character seem to hate each other it's kind of an act then you get to the, the scene you know where they tie you know it, it turns out that they're working together i couldn't understand there's a bunch of army stuff and then there's some kids that are missing some teenage kids so did you th- were you as surprised or bewildered as i was to find out that the whole plan was to take these missing children and then make them have babies so she could have babies because that's i didn't get that from anything in the movie until i didn't either not not until the very end when they like you know uh just explain that outright to you yeah yeah (laughs) i mean yeah there's some foreshadowing the very beginning the the bride is ordering girl scout cookies but it's nothing more than like you know creepy and at one point she says she wasn't able to have kids but at no point did i think that they were you know you know, having these children have sex for babies so she could have a family of her own. It's a, it's not no. a very, it's not a very sustainable plan, by the way. No, um, no. no. There are a number of very good, very qualified adoption agencies out there that would <laughs> help a, a psychopath uh, like like this uh, with her. Uh, you know, it, it was it was a it was a lot of work for very little payoff in the end. It really was, and you know, and Nick yes. Cage being so upset that he didn't get killed in in the war, I was like, "What? What? That is not character motivation. That is just that's not motivation." You know, like what your your life is ruined because you're still alive. Like what? Yeah. Exactly. How does, yeah. how does that work? Another another weird scene that I thought was just like was when the, the the storm blew the storm window through Nick Cage. Do you remember this? Like one of his first injuries, and just like conveniently, the storm blows a pe- like at like a time when it was needed to happen too. Like it was a defensive mechanism, but like the glass, it was very odd. Um, it's it just like yeah, it was it was very odd. Um, but there's a lot of like it's it, it is an entertaining film. I will uh, I will probably watch it again at some point in my life. I. I probably will not. Uh, I don't think I'll watch don't it. Don't believe me now. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, but if it's there isn't on, one that I would If it's watch. on like TBS in like the afternoon while I'm taking a <sighs> sick day, I might might watch uh, it again. I don't think I'd dial it in, but I think I, I might be like, oh, this is that part where they do that thing where that stuff happens. I'd be like, oh, okay. I might watch that scene. Uh, any, <laughs> any more thoughts on this 
I, I'm now I'm second guessing this whole bit because you know now we're talking about movies that no one's seen. So maybe we should we should put out a little thing say before you go like you know like they do on uh you know like uh, how did this get made like you really should watch the movie before you listen to this podcast. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'll yeah label. Well, Jason, you're you're saying it five fifty five minutes in, so I think I we're I think we're good. I think that's that's enough advance notice. Uh, <laughs> watch these movies before you listen to this yeah and right, by the way right. prepared not to listen to this podcast if you if that's serious then you won't know this because why would you know but it'll take 12 hours of your life to watch these six movies it, it, will. it will i feel yes. like we're saving people a lot of time and actually giving them some of their lives back i thought this god was- bless kathy. kathy was like my project manager on this thing like she kept me on task for this whole thing she's like, she's like she's like as much fun as it would be to watch some good movie, uh, you really should get a couple of Nick Cage movies. So I, I, to uh, shout out to her for uh, keeping, me, keeping me on the right track because it was—it's uh, not easy to do it alone. It's not. Good job, Kathy. Yeah, no, God no. You got to have somebody like a like a weightlifting buddy. Uh, I, I can. Wa- I watched every one of these movies alone except for The Color Out of Space, which is the one that I thought for sure that Beth wouldn't watch, but I convinced her last night that I really same. had to do it exactly the same and he was just kind of like whoa that was weird (laughs) (laughs) we'll get into it okay all right so let's go to the next one uh wait wait wait. i gave it a taco shop rating of a hat eaten queso go okay (laughs) uh that's a good question that's a good theological or sort of question i really like the chili con queso which basically for people who don't know what it is it's chips and really great cheese, melted cheese. Yeah, it's uh, a dip, uh, just, and everybody loves it. It's like crack, but uh, it, it was a good movie, but it wasn't that great. The ending sucks. So half eaten bag. Yep. <laughs> okay, so the next movie, I only bring it up because we couldn't find it. It was called Primal, and so we we skipped to that one. That did come out in twenty. I actually did. I actually did watch Primal. You did watch Whoa. Primal. I didn't watch that. Do you want, do you want to talk oh, about it? Boy, I don't know. I'm torn between spoiling it for you. Um, Is it worth watching? That being an utter impossibility. I will say this. I will say this. If you are watching a Nicolas Cage movie for the novelty of watching a Nicolas Cage movie, watch Primal. Um, it is uh, it is uh, it is a roller coaster uh, <laughs> of uh, sort of basically not to give much away, but um, I mean it's the whole plot, but. Um, <laughs> Nicholas Cage is on a transport ship and he is a, he's like an animal. Um, what do they call those people that steal animals? Uh, not nice. Uh, <laughs> he's a poacher. Uh, poachers. Yeah. He's a poacher for exotic animals, which he sells to pet shops. And so one of the animals that he steals is like this giant cat, um, this exotic white cat um like a big cat not like a household like, it says, like it's a, it says here's a jaguar yes it is a jaguar that's that's correct it's a white jaguar and so it says um, here the jaguar was played by uh mitch mcconnell no i'm kidding was- <laughs> <laughs> this was actually where the bad cgi uh remark came in from earlier but i think it's apt later but no but like anyway so he's on this shipping boat with this Jaguar, which they're also transporting a, like some dangerous prisoner guy. And they've got him in a cage because he's not allowed to fly because he has a medical condition. So um, that's the reason why this is allowed to happen. And so both of them are in cages on this boat and both of them escape. 
And so you have this dangerous guy and this dangerous Jaguar running around the ship and they're just, that's the movie. Um, <laughs> okay. So it takes place on a ship. Like a it ship. takes place on like a shipping. Yeah. Like a shipping uh, barge basically, because he's taken the lion back to the, or the Jaguar back to the zoo um, and, uh, and then they, they're taking the other guy to prison, uh, out of some South American country. Um, and they both escape, uh, and, uh, hilarity ensues. Um, <laughs> it's worth watching. It's worth watching. If you can stand another one, uh, th- that's actually the one that we started with, um, to get things kicked off with. Oh. Um, so now I did um, look yeah. for the, I did look for this one because I, I thought it had an interesting plot line. I just never found I should ask you for it, but, uh, um, yeah, I actually will probably watch this. That's the dirty little secret of this whole thing. I don't know that I'm going to stop either. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, like, what I've found is now that I'm like, I could, I think I'm kind of addicted to watching these terrible Nick Cage movies. Uh, you know, because it is hard, but at the same time, there's the new ones coming out, and I'm like, oh, I kind of want to see that. It says it's the craziest movie ever, and I'm like, oh, okay. Now, you know, every- it also gives you like a, an entertainment path too. like we have so many options now that it's just like there's so much good TV. There's so many movies like it's just it, it's just intimidating. Like if you, you're you like, I'm going to go on a Nick Cage bender. It gives you some direction in your life and right. minimal. That's important to have direction. <laughs> I'll bet that's something that nobody's ever said before. The Nick Cage movie gives you some direction in your life. That has never been said out loud. <laughs> Uh, I can only speak for my own life and <laughs> probably, sh- probably should not extrapolate that for others, but uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to move to Kill Chain since I think we all saw this one, maybe. Um, so Kill I Chain. But that's know. fine. Do you, uh, we do have a clip from Kill Chain. Tyson, do you want me to wait and play that at the end of our discussion? Uh, no, uh, no let, me, let me set up the movie and then we'll play the clip. Okay, cool. Oh, we didn't play the Grand Isle clip. That's okay. The music is I'll, really I'll end with it. I'll end with it. Okay. Um, so, Kill Chain, uh, uh, the, it says, Three strangers' lives are inevitably entangled in a conflict none of them are prepared for. The movie star Nicolas Cage, Annabella Costa is uh, – well, that's – it's funny. Everybody in this movie is named something like uh, the woman in red. And Enrico Colatini is is his character's name is the old sniper, and Angie Cepeda is her name is the very bad woman, and the, <laughs> goes on with like the curious assassin, the mean assassin, delivery boy, Gigi's friend, Gigi. You know, anyway. Um, oh but en- Enrico Colantoni is that how you say his name? He was the dad in uh, Veronica Mars, and he was in Just Shoot Me. Um, other than that, not a lot of known actors in this movie. Uh, just a couple of quick thoughts. Uh, the director and writer has been doing television shows for years and years and years. He did a shit ton of show, the show called Numbers that was on CBS. Uh, so again, kind of like, and he did a movie called The Replacements Killers. He wrote that in 1998. I don't know if anyone remembers that. Um, so I do, uh, but I don't think I saw it. Yeah. So adding uh, it to the list. Uh, I want to talk. Can I give a couple of thoughts just real fast? Yeah, um, for sure. I found this music. Okay. This is another classic, at least in these movies. Now this was produced by like five different people. Uh, uh-huh. It had three different languages, pretty much evenly spread it out through a movie. So like it was half German or no, it was a third German, third Spanish, third English. And the version I had 
did not have subtitles, you didn't need subtitles to figure out what was going on in this movie. Um, at least I didn't. And um, basically, I it's it starts as a flashback, which several of Nick Cage's these at least these group do. They are basically uh-huh. just the framing device they use is flashback. Um, I found this movie confusing as shit. But it has all the <laughs> so I really like Enrico Colodi. Of course, he's killed in the first five minutes of the movie. I'm like, um, yeah. And then, uh, uh, and then, as all these movies do, this was shot in Colombia, by the way. It took me a while to figure out what where the hell it was being shot at. It had a two a pair of you know ridiculously hot hookers, you know, which is a movie trope. <laughs> I know, you know, why are these hookers so hot? You know, they are should be models not hookers um and then uh and they are in fact models but um no one wants to see a real looking you know uh anyway uh <laughs> and then anyway the plot it just twists and turns really in on itself so much that by the time you get back to nicholas cage it's like what was that all about who fucking cares you know like that's that's that's, right. what it, that's where it left me so I will pass it on to Dawson. What do you think? Oh no, you didn't see this. Sorry. Oh, I didn't watch it. Smith, thoughts? This was actually one of my my favorites. I think of the lot. Um, I think I watched this the second or third. I we watched this movie the second or third, uh, and I actually did enjoy this movie. Now uh, Enrico Caliente, or um, obviously I was thrilled Tyson when I saw him I was like holy shit Veronica's dad (laughs) and like but he is like that segment lasts like 30 minutes like the whole sniper like and you're like trying to figure out what's going on it it is an incredibly confusing and I don't think that's like it's not confusing and like thought inspiring like say Donnie Darko it's just like (laughs) a not a very good story and so it's hard to follow um, but there's like the big, but like Nicholas Cage is like, I think in a third of this movie, like you said, um, it all, I did kind of, kind of interesting though. It all sort of like culminates into like this sort of like desperado type, like they're all in the hotel and it's kind of all localized and the run. I, 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 I don't know. I, there, there were a lot of things I liked about it. Not a good movie, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, it was just, it, it was interesting. It was fun to watch. Um, it was one lots of, my- of interesting like, death scenes, like some creative, like when the gun spoiler alert again, the, the, when the gun backfires and like, he like rigged the gun. Yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. That was, that was pretty cool. I, you know, again, not a great movie, but I did enjoy this. I would say this was top three for sure. Uh, because once it does kind of come together, you know, it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, and I, I just, I got so like, let me put it this way. I, I liked I liked this movie. I would even almost even almost recommend it. Uh, you know, uh, especially for a Nick Cage movie. Um, but uh and I I thought it was shot interestingly. Uh but you know, like you know, like it's, there's just a lot of like there's a lot of there's a lot of hills you got to cross to get to the end of this movie. You do. You do. And I, I'm pretty sure, you know, Nick, when you're thinking about a Nick Cage movie, you're thinking about something told linear, you know, literally like you want something that's just kind of this happened and this happened and this happened. And this is a thinker. Um, and it shouldn't be a thinker. Uh, they just, I think, I, I don't know. It, it is kind of a little confusing at times, but it's, it's worth getting through once you, there's a big payoff. Like it all kind of comes together at the end. So. Yeah, like I, I actively was hating a score to settle, which we'll get to later. I did not actively. Oh, hate. I, yeah. was, I hate watched that movie, but I did not hate watch this movie. I just was like, 
what is happening now? You know, like, why, right, right, right. why is the soda delivery guy giving her a ride? What the, I mean, I know she's got a gun and then she's turning into a hot woman from, I don't know what's going on, you know? So I had a lot of those moments um, to be fair. And also, you know, it was a rough week. So uh, the, the other, the other thing about this movie, was there any, uh, was this the one, one of these movies uh, Nick Cage learned to play piano for? Uh, no, that was a dungeon. Oh, dungeon. What I, movie was that? Um, that, is, that is the score to settle, I believe. That was he. That was the movie. He plays one piano okay. song. Let's say he learned to play piano. You know, he learned to play one song on the piano. But on, on IMDb, it says he learned to play piano um, for the role. Um, anyway, I don't know. I I, I liked it. <laughs> I liked it. I, I thought uh, I thought it was Nicolas Cage's uh, coolest character in all the movies. You know. A lot of these uh, movies, yeah. he plays kind of strange characters, but or you know, ex cons or whatever, you know, kind yeah. of thing you expect. But this one was kind of interesting. Uh, so yeah. Um, uh, Tyson, you want to queue up the clip? You want to talk about sure. it? Sure. This is just, I mean, this is just a Nick Cage clip from this movie. It's the only clip from this movie I could find on the uh, inner tubes. Uh, but go ahead. It's a, uh, it's it's got a, a nice Nick Cage moment. So I'll be quiet. Bourbon, and tequila, and bourbon, and beer. Tequila, and beer. Thought you were the clerk. Clerk, bartender, security guard, owner. Owner? What happened to Franco? You know Franco? No, I read the sign. I won this place in a poker game. Really? It's a long game, and it turns out it's not worth that much. Is that why you do everything yourself? I have people during the day. That's pretty much it. Yeah. So, uh, a little, little vacationist. Uh, so, anyway, any any other thoughts, Matt, on the old kill chain? Like, what kind of like? How how do I like not recommend something? But like, if you're having to watch seven Nick Cage movies in a matter of four weeks, I would like this is a this is a treat, an unexpected treat. Uh, (laughs) I did like that. There's a lot of. I like the hotel location. I like the hotel location a lot. It was cool, and like I said, like there were a lot of cool like scenes in this movie, like that were just kind of like neat little action scenes, like the. The two guys in the truck, like one guy's in the front of the truck, the other guy's in the back, and they shoot their passenger, and then they're trying to kill each other. There's a lot of suspense in this movie, um, and not a lot of Nick Cage yet, which is... Uh, I did like it when he poisoned that that bodyguard for the... the, the that bad, was pretty cool, yeah. The yeah. bad woman, or whatever her name was. Uh, the very bad woman, that, that character. <laughs> the very bad woman. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I would agree. I would, I would say that, you know... This wasn't too bad. It did feel like a TV show for a little while, and then it kind of came together. Uh, you know. Uh, okay, so uh, let's do Running with the Devil, which is next, which is the first one that I watched. So Same. this was the one that set it up for the rest of the – and I was like, okay. So Running with the Devil came out in 2019. It was uh, the CEO – okay, this this 
description's a little loose, in my opinion. The CEO of an international conglomerate sends two of his most regarded executives to investigate why shipments of cocaine are being hijacked and overcut somewhere on the supply chain. Uh, the director is Jason Cabell, uh, and he wrote the movie as well. He's done another movie. He's been an actor a few times. Hasn't done a whole lot of stuff. Um, this movie has Nicolas Cage, Lawrence Fishburne, Leslie Bibb, uh, Adam Goldberg was in it, Peter Fascinelli was in it. Um, pretty good cast, I, I would say. For uh, Barry Pepper was in it. Yeah, for this love- for this type of movie, yeah, I was uh, Cole Hauser was in it. Um, so um, uh, pretty good cast. Um, so when I was watching this movie. It seemed like it was going to be a badass movie. When they introduced everybody, every time you see a character for the first time, they get a cool like little nickname. Like Lawrence Fishburne is like the man, and Nick Cage is the cook, and Leslie Bibb is the agent in charge, and Cole is the, exec- uh, the executioner, and there's there's the snitch number one, the boss, the child, the collector, homie, border jumper. Um, oh, I forgot J.T. Holmes is in there. Yeah, he was excellent too. Yeah. So anyway, um. So another Nick Cage movie where they named the characters the actual character name. Um, but then it basically comes how to grow and smuggle cocaine into Canada. <laughs> and and it's shot beautifully, but it might as well have been a documentary at times because I was like, uh, yeah, there's. I guess that you'd have to walk uh, probably 100 miles. And they're going to show every fucking mile of that walk, apparently. Uh, you know. And, uh, and I got to the point where, you know, there's a lot of, I thought this movie like was just, a meh, you know, like at, at the end of all the promise of how nice it looked and all the stuff that was going to happen, I just got to the end and I was just like, I don't care. You know, I don't care about, <laughs> I don't care about the good guys. I don't care about the bad guys. I don't care about any of the people that are killed, the weird, you know, strange gigs club scene in the you know tijuana or wherever the hell they were or guatemala i mean i just i just i was like i know it's trying to be interesting but i just don't care uh and uh and there's no nick cage moment i would say except at the very end i would say at the very end i couldn't agree more uh, yeah because it, it was ugh. yeah so anyway uh you haven't talked in a while why don't you why don't you tell us about this movie awesome uh, I don't really think there's a lot to say. I mean, you can kind of wrap it up with uh, Lawrence Fishburne plays a very strange character who, <laughs> when you first meet him, one of the first scenes he's in, he's jerking it at a peep show. Spoiler alert. I just felt very grossed out by his character and at the beginning. And then, like you said, I didn't care about any of them in the third act. I just wanted it to end. I was like, it looks great. I don't know where they're at. I don't even know where the story's at. And I really don't care Um, until it got to the very last scene in the movie. And then I was like, this was great. (laughs) I could have just fast forwarded to that last scene and been fine. I think it's interesting to note that like when he's in that peep show and jerking off, that's when they show that thing where they introduce him as the man. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. When I hear about somebody being the man, I don't think about a guy who's just jerking at a peep show, you know, like that's, Neither that's do I. probably not the man, uh, but he might be, you know, sex addict Bobby or whatever, you know, cause then there's a huge <laughs> double prostitute scene where basically they're just doing like, you know, like, 
just, I mean, the level of the amount of cocaines that they were doing was just cocaines. That's what the kids say, right? Cocaines. The amount cocaines. of cocaine. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, Matt? Yeah, I, I just have to, I think we have to talk about the noise that, uh, that he makes when he, when he ejaculates in the, uh, the <laughs> cum sound. I can only, it was just like, oh, like it was so quick and furious that. Well, he's the man. What are you talking about? He's the man. Like it was, it was very odd. Yeah. It's like, I mean, clearly they do not like you. We like, he just is like, and then you find out later that like, he's got like a young daughter and like, it's just. He's a very gross character and like not necessarily needed. Like I think they underutilize uh, Goldberg. Like he was in a handful of scenes, mostly getting tortured throughout. They should have used that guy better. He was one of the, he was one of the better guys they had on hand. They should have used him better. Um, it was, uh, yeah, I actually kind of liked the. I thought that was actually kind of the high highlight of the story was kind of the, the narrative of like, you know, them showing you like how much, you know, a kilo of cocaine sort of increases in value as it reaches to, and I thought that was kind of neat, but then it just, it really turned into like the whole, you know, Lawrence Fishburne's just modifying the cocaine to right. figure out what else he can do with it, which like, I, I, I don't know. I just, it didn't, didn't really seem that necessary. And, um, yeah. I gotta say the, the, the biggest thing that bugged me about this film, and it was at that point where like, I actually thought it was a good, like was, was enjoying watching it. Uh, Clifton Collins Jr., by the way, like I'm a big fan of him. He did a great job uh, in this. Like, l- like he's a legitimately good actor. And like, that's what the third, like there are scenes in this movie, which you would think, oh my God, I'm, I'm watching a, a real motion picture. Um, there <laughs> that, are those moments. It looks, but like it, was, a, it looks like a really good it movie. It looks great. But when they're on the scene that just killed it for me was when they're on the, the, uh, the snowmobiles and they stop and Lawrence Fishburne, basically you know confesses that he's the one that's been you know stealing the drugs like right then and there you know that he's a threat to nick cage's life and you're like oh you're just gonna keep continuing to travel and then when it happens in the next three minutes he tries to kill nick cage and like it just it was just so like really and then he's like his excuse is like you know man like i just like i'm hung up i just i can't quit i got into it i'm addicted man and nicholas cage is just like very empathetic and like oh, all right well you know and, and it just, <laughs> just killed everything for me like i'm supposed to care that this guy who is like you know snorting coke off of you know again as you mentioned tyser much much better much more attractive hose than one would expect um, but, but yeah, but still more realistic looking hookers than in the other. Yeah, they did a better job here. They were much more. Their their whole factor was uh, in check. Um, you know, I don't know. Am I being? I'm, it's possible I'm being insensitive. I'm not. Oh, sure. you, actually, but, you know, their, their their character's name. I just looked it up. Their character name was Working Girl One and Working Girl Two. Well, there, okay. <laughs> of course, of course. Please continue. Sorry. But if they just make him to be such a total, you know, you know, it's it doesn't make sense when they try to make him empathetic, and it just it didn't work. So that's what it is. But the ending again, I think the ending does kind of redeem it in the end. So overall, one of my yeah, well, probably one of my top three. Have to say, wow, I uh, uh, yeah, I, I did. It was one of those ones that just wasn't too out there for me. It was it was digestible. So um, yeah. it, I, I again, I just want to say it looks beautiful. I mean, it's just the 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 camera work is just it's just gorgeous, you know. But you know, I could see, you know, you kind of get. This is another one of those movies where there's a framing reference at the at the top of the movie that's so confusing you almost forget that it happened until you get back around to it at the end of the movie. Uh, you know, where 
the character of the man is is basically you can't tell it's him, but he's basically you know handcuffed to a toilet and he's all beat right, the fuck right. up. Right? Um, but yeah, so there's a like, lot of like sort of audience overestimation in these films. I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, just maybe, maybe some, you know, just a little better editing, maybe a little quicker, you know, like just some, just some cutting of some of the scenes I think could have done a lot, a lot to help. <laughs> I think if all of these films were 50 minutes long. It would help a tremendous amount. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That was a powerful two sentence performance right there by, uh, <laughs> um, okay. Uh, how was the taco shop rating on this, this movie? Uh, I gave it one dropped bracho. <laughs> I don't know. is a funny word. Anyway, uh, that's a good one. <laughs> okay. Any other thoughts before I move on? Uh, no, I'm happy that Leslie Bibb's character at the end finally smokes a cigarette before she puts a few in Nick Cage. Yeah, yeah. that was pretty cool. That, that was, was cool. That, that was that that was more satisfying than you know watching you know Lawrence Fishburne get his. I thought so. Yeah, same. Uh, also, I was like, Leslie Bibb, what the shit? But anyway. Yeah, the whole time. God. <laughs> okay, the next one we watched probably was my favorite just because it was crazy. Uh, although, um, uh, now that we actually I have to talk about some of these things, it's, I'm, I'm not so sure. But anyway, this is called Color Out of Space. It's, uh, uh, it's about a secluded farm struck by a strange meteorite, which has apocalyptic consequences for the family living there and possibly the world. Now this was, this has some interesting history, but let me get to the, the cast first. So it's Nicholas Cage, Jolie Richardson, uh, Tommy Chong is in it, uh, as, uh, a Tommy Chong character. Um, and then I didn't really recognize anybody else. Uh, I will say that Elliot Knight was pretty good and Madeline, uh, Arthur, she played Lavina, the little girl. Yeah, she was good. Uh, and uh, the kids were good, Brendan Meyer and Julian Hillard. Um, so this is an H.P. Lovecraft story based on The Color Out of Space. Um, it was written and directed by this guy named Richard Stanley. And the last major motion picture Richard Stanley tried to direct was the Island of Dr. Moreau remake that uh, that uh, What's-His-Nuts uh, was in. Um, uh, oh. I guess I Pitt was Pitt or am I thinking no, of 12 no, monkeys? No, no. Uh, Val Kilmore and uh, Marlon Brando. That's right. Oh, so that's just, right. And this is in 1996. Right. And so basically what happened was, uh, and this is an amazing documentary about this Richard Stanley guy. Um, it's called, uh, uh, what is it called? Um, I had it right here. Uh, Lost souls. And it's about him trying to make this movie. And basically he got fired, but he didn't leave the set. He just kind of snuck back in and like kind of lived with the extras and stuff and hung out. And like, he's even in the movie as an extra and a bunch of, you know, but it was just, it went so badly. The movie did. And I don't know if you've seen this version of the movie, the 1996 one, it is awful. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's an amazing documentary. It's way better. Uh, it's it's way better than the movie itself. Anyway, he has not tried to make a movie since then. This is his first out the gate. Um, so having said that, it's basically kind of a horror movie. Um, you know, it's an H.P. Lovecraft movie. And you guys both saw this, right? Correct. 
I saw the first half of this film. I kind of, I well, let me, I was exposed to the full film. I only really paid attention to the first two thirds because um, I got confused. <laughs> and so today I tried to, I thought I'd, I'd be smart about it and watch the trailer to see how that clarified things for me. And not really at all. Um, so you're, it, it's, it's, yeah, it was although what I what I paid attention to, I, I thought it was like very well done. I mean, that was kind of the, the one thing about this film is that the production value did seem kind of a head head above the other films. Um at least at least for me. So Yeah. I'll let somebody who actually finished the movie talk about it. I I was still pretty confused. I all Nick Cage movies for the most part just confuse the hell out of me. But with this one especially, I was like what the fuck happened with the ending? And I even watched, I don't know if you guys have seen, there's this guy on YouTube. He has his own page where he basically explains the endings of movies. And I still found myself being like, how in the hell did you construct that out of that? I'm not quite sure. Uh, It was very colorful. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Definitely uh, felt like an acid trip the whole time with aliens. Um, so I've never read the actual original story because I don't really get H.P. Lovecraft. I mean, I get it, but I don't get it, you know? Get it, yeah. Um, and so this this basically, this movie is like a love letter to him. And like, there's like 77 pieces of trivia about this movie and how there's all these little like tie-ins and, you know, the guy, the main character from Providence. And anyway, this was my favorite movie, not because it was a good movie, okay? <laughs> just Let me just clarify that. It's not even <laughs> – it's not even – fun to watch but what is fun about it is that you have no idea what's going to happen next none i mean and then something happens and you're like oh that makes kind of i guess makes sense and then something immediately happens that negates the thing that happened previously uh and then you're like well now nothing makes sense and that's like then that just perpetuates it's like it just keeps getting more and more and more and more absurd and you're just like what so it's a color that's causing a problem you know like like Exactly, <laughs> and so um, that's why it was my favorite. Um, the tagline is "It will consume you," and it did for me anyway. I was watching yeah. it. Last, I was watching it last night, going, "Holy fucking whatever!" Okay, uh, you know, because it's it's basically like you know a meteor crashes, you know, some stuff that was living in the meteors, you know, gets into the water supply, and then it just gets really weird. And then the mom turns into a sheep or something. And then there's a, you know, <laughs> it's a family. She and, absorbs her tiny son. It's yeah. very strange. Yeah. You know, so uh, it was my favorite because it was, un- it was very different than any movie I've ever seen. So it's the kind of thing that it would be on Cinemageddon uh, to me. And that's a sort of a private reference. But anyway, um, that's, that's why it was probably my favorite. Um uh anybody else have any thoughts about it before we get to the final one which is the one i like the least uh no the only thing i wanted to say other than the taco shop rating was that the ending reminded me of when i used to stare at my lava lamp when i was high on weed in high school (laughs) 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 and i also gave this uh (laughs) taco shop rating of a cold chili uh chicken nacho supreme yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, I'm, that's <laughs> I need to, I need right. That. I would, yeah, that, that sounds amazing right now. Yeah. Here's a, here, I just want to read you. The, the, this is okay. The plot, the plot keywords according to IMDb for this movie 
these are the first four. Meteorite, farm, hydrologist, alpaca. So that gives you an idea of what we're working with. Yep. <laughs> and then the I fifth one. Watch it though. I would recommend it. I, I recommended it to a couple other friends actually. Um, so there you think go. It, I don't think I'd watch it on any side of kind of psychotropic. Uh, it's a little too weird. Uh, not that I get it. Not that I have having, having said that, I, I think I think substance abuse in general is advised for any of these films. So <laughs> I want to get the wrong message out there that That's one true, should right? try to do this sober. True. Please. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had to do it. I watched some of these, you know, kind of, you know, on the on the sketch a little bit because I was working theoretically, uh, and you know, I couldn't be drinking during that time. Um, okay. So having that, having said that, uh, this movie is called A Score to Settle. It was the second one I watched. It is about an ex-enforcer for a local crime syndicate who has, has vowed to enact retribution on his bo- mob bosses after 19 years of wrongful imprisonment. The only thing diverting his violent plans is a newfound relationship with his beloved son. This is directed by Sean, written and directed by Sean Koo, who has done... Um, uh, he directed Beautiful Boy. Um, he wrote Feel the Beat, whatever the hell that is, um, and some other stuff. Uh, he's done some TV stuff. Not a lot of stuff. Um, and the <clears throat> cast was Nicolas Cage, Benjamin Bratt, um, Noah LaGrosse. Uh, let's see here. I think this is an order, but they showed up. So there's like some classic, you know, Act, actor types in it. Um, uh, none of them come to mind right now. Uh, but anyway, um, anyway, I'm gonna not, I'm gonna let you guys open up on this because I'll, I'll. I I did not watch it, so go ahead, Smith. I have a, a clip Tyson sent me though to play. Let's play. Let's let's talk about it first, and then we'll play a clip. <laughs> okay. So I, you know, we we just watched this last night, and I don't again recall a whole lot. Um, it was basically Nick Cage as wandering around killing like mob figures, like one at a time. Um, and I don't know if I just missed like the bigger point, but none of it seemed to coalesce for me into a sort of like like that was the story. It was like he's out to kill these guys, and he does. Um, I don't know what did I what did I miss, Tyson? I'm gonna blow your mind. All right. Oh uh, God. <laughs> okay, so this you might movie, remind me of you. This movie was like I was like, this is a boring movie, and this is a boring plot line. And then I got to what at some point I figured out what was going on, and I was like, you fucking movie. If this turns out to be true, this movie, I'm so mad at you. Then it turns out to be true. Then they have this amazing scene that's basically kept me from like jumping off a building. I was so angry at this movie. And then, um, uh, and then, you know, he, he gets shot. A lot of these movies with, with him, it ends up him getting shot by a bunch of police. Uh, well, I mean, two out of six do. Uh, so, I mean, that's a pretty good ratio. I mean, as far as the same. Ending. So anyway, what happens is Nick Cage, uh, it opens up, he's in prison and he has, uh, he has this, uh, brain thing which i actually looked up and it's a real thing where he can't sleep right so he's he's constantly sleep deprived uh he's gonna die because he won't be able to go to sleep and the doctor's like we're letting you out because you're gonna die you know and you know you've been in jail for 19 years um and 
because he can't sleep, he sometimes gets confused, you know, or he, you know, forgets to pay things. And as it turns out, he sees things anyway. Um, anyway, he went to the, he, the opening, I guess the very opening of the movie, you see him, somebody kills, some mob guy kills this other guy. He goes to jail for that. You find out that he was supposed to get out after like five or six years, but they left him in there for 19 years. So he wants to go out and he wants to kill all these guys. That's the titular score to settle is to get even with all these mob boss guys. Anyway, he gets out. He's walking down the street. He meets his son. He came to get him, not in a car, but he's just walking towards there. So then he starts hanging out with his son. They get a hotel room. He buys his son a phone. They have a, uh, they have the father, dad bonding time, blah, blah, blah. His son was real little when he went into, anyway. Um, so he starts going around trying to figure out what happened, why he was left in the fucking jail. So, so here's the deal. So everything, I figured this out once he was trying to call his son and he's like, uh, my son FaceTimed me or whatever that's called. Can you figure out what they're doing? He's like, Oh, it's not in your phone. It must've been erased. Okay. So his son was never there. That was all in his imagination. So for most of the movie, he's interacting with his own imagination. And it just looks like his son is there. His son has actually been dead for years. And he knows that. So all of this shit that he's doing is with his with his son bonding and spending time together. And his son encourages him to get a hooker, which is ridiculous. And uh, all this stuff. And uh, uh, his son's not there. So then you – and I figured this out about halfway through the movie. And then that's what made me so mad. It's like it's like a, they pulled a sixth sense on you, right? Um, did you realize this, Matt? Or no? Well, I, we did, and I at the time, yeah. At some point, I don't remember what time it was that, like, in the film where we actually like figured that out. Like, I don't know if it was a photograph or something that like made you. It was that aha moment. Uh, but I wrote down. Now I remember why I wrote it down. I wrote down a uh, scent of a woman meets sixth sense, and I think um, <laughs> that's fairly accurate. Like he's sort of his last week alive. He's sort of planning for his death. And then it's, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting. Um, it was a good reveal. It was a good reveal. I gotta, I gotta say. I was just mad about it. I was like, I've seen this before and this is not what I watched this movie for. <laughs> I, was like, I mean, it just, it just made me mad. And you know, the, <laughs> and, and I got actively mad until the scene. Uh, and we could barely hear the last clip. Could you turn it up just a little bit if possible? Uh, I don't it, know if I can actually. It's, it's okay if you can't okay. because the, the the mixing of the audio will fix it later. It'll it'll fix it. But go ahead and play the scene now. Okay. Oh, this I should set this up. Yeah. So this is when he finally figures out who killed his son and left him in jail for 19 years. And uh, yeah. Get out. <laughs> Get out. It's okay. It's all right. His beef is with me. Beef. Beef! <laughs> you have my son killed. You lie straight to my face about it. <laughs> you think I've got beef with you? I didn't mean. Keisha. You think beef is an accurate description of what I've got with your father? Okay. 
That is the only Nick Nick Cage moment in the movie, really, as far as I can tell. Except him. But it is it is golden. I mean, it is the it is the the very pinnacle of the of the narrative. It's it's where everything comes together, and it was. Oh man, that you, did not disappoint. You can look up, go to YouTube, and type in, type in, uh, score to settle, Nick Cage beef, and you'll find that clip. <laughs> <laughs> and you gotta watch this guy's face, man. He really Nick Caged it up, man. He really did. This is that was the Nick Cageiest thing I saw in all six of these movies, in my opinion. Uh, so anyway, um, any any more thoughts, Matt? I guess, I guess, but. I was going to say we might want to talk about uh, which ones are our favorites and our least favorites. I think so. Yeah. No. Uh, not not in my. Uh, yeah. There were definitely worse. Worse. But it's it's like there's so many different ways that you can think about these. Like you know the, the entertainment factor versus like sort of quote unquote is this a good movie? Um, it's a lot. It's a lot to think about. Um, it's you're just you're really just trying to justify it to yourself during the activity. I think uh, so. I may have overthought things a bit, but. Uh, well, that's the thing, right? Yeah. So, like, I think, I think, okay. So, like, what, which movie did you guys think was the best? Just traditionally, as a movie, was the best movie that you saw? Uh, no, that's still hard. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I feel like Grand Isle was the best looking movie. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think the best traditional movie was probably Grand Isle as well. Uh, or as, you know, now that I think about it, it's really hard. You know, I propose these rating systems. I don't know. It's, it's, hard, <laughs> it's hard to tell. Like Matt said, it's hard to really get a, a wrap around it. What was your favorite movie? I guess. Uh, Moonstruck. I mean, uh, color out of space. Okay. Matt. Um, I got to go with, uh, I'm already forgetting what other these movies are called. Um, Kill Chain. I think Kill Chain was my my favorite of you all t- these. It was the you, one. Would you say that was the also the best made movie? Uh, n- no, I would I would have to agree. I think either Grand Isle or I, th- I mean I thought that uh, Colorado Space also was very well made. Um, I thought a lot of those scenes looked really good, but uh, no, but now I think as for pure sort of you know what I wanted to see in a Nick Cage movie, I, I thought that uh, Kill Chain, Kill Chain was definitely the Damn yeah. It. I knew it. I knew. Yeah, it was. It was I, and that's not just to rub it in because Dawson it. forgot to watch it, but uh, it, it's it's worth watching. I thought it was it was one of the first ones that we watched, and I was like, ah, oh, things are looking up. This isn't going to be so bad. <laughs> I and, never had that uh, moment. Yeah. Like I, I guarantee we could probably offer a very good sort of watching order that for these though. Cause I think you're going to need to the spacing <laughs> and the timing between the films and whatever is going on in your personal life can make a difference day to day. How do you, how you receive uh, each of these? Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it, I thought of it too, is we all kind of watch movies. I think everybody watches movies differently, you know? So if you're the kind of person that likes like a, like, is happy with a TNT storyline uh, you just want it, and you just want it to look good. All of these movies with the exception of, uh, you know, like uh, predator, new predator and uh, jujitsu and uh, color out of space. You'll be fine with, I mean, these are all, I would call these good scene, you know, like mom and dad comfortable type movies. You know, like if you, if you were around when, uh, if you were like had small children when national treasure came out, 
and you, and you were looking to watch a, and you were looking to watch a Nick Cage movie, you'd be fine with any of these, I think. You know. Yeah. What do you think the I mean the the worst one was? The, what was the one that just I don't even know that I know this myself, but I'm that's why I'm posing the question. Well, the worst one. So many. The worst one technically has to be the one that none of us could get through, which was. Which was uh, jujitsu, right? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that's fair. I think that's fair. Uh, I mean, it looks like a sci-fi movie, you know. So it is what it is, right? Uh, now, to me, the one that I hated the most, though—I mean, the worst—the one I hated the most was score for settle, a score to settle, which I've explained already. I just felt <laughs> um, I'm just mad about that movie. But uh, but that beef thing was probably the best moment in all the movies. So you know, it's a tough one. To- that's yeah. <laughs> It's a great moment. <laughs> I don't know. That's a th- yeah. Again, it was a good experiment. Um, I don't think we should ever do it again. But now, as I said earlier, I will. Yeah, I think I got permanent damage to my brain. I'm absolutely certain that I will watch this movie, Prisoners of the Ghostland, coming out in a couple <laughs> weeks. You know, because <laughs> I don't, I just feel, I know it'll pop up, and I'll be like, you know what, I'm going to watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> just like I'm probably going to watch Primal. So I think I might have I weirdly, you know, this might have a lasting effect on me and not like necessarily in like a, a bad way. I don't know. Maybe I, I did. It did occur to me. Like, do you think that like the bulk of these films are the result of like international monitor, like money laundering schemes, like just with all the producers and that's <laughs> oh, yeah. the, like, I guess I have to ask yeah. myself, like, why do these films exist? Like when your you know, $200 million movies are now going to HBO max because the, you know, the film, like what, what is it about these films that why are these being produced today? And I'm guessing it's just because it's foreign people market. with money like to make movies as sort of a, a vanity thing. And Nick Cage is like, he's like the star to go. I mean, he's the one you can get. And, yeah. uh, yeah, but how is he like get back into like a? Do you think we'll ever see the reemergence of Nick Cage as like a a B list actor? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I do. You think so? I think you know. I I think you know. Like, I think if he had his way, like I did read that he really did want to make Color Out of Space because his dad was a huge fan of uh, you know H.P. Lovecraft and uh, August Coppola or whatever, and so he did that. And you know, the people that did Color Out of Space also brought him in to do Mandy and they brought him in to do mom and dad. And they're doing this next one called, uh, uh, you know, prisoners of the ghost land. When this movie, the, the unbearable weight of massive talent, which is the Nick cage movie where he plays Nick cage. I think that's going to be, I think if that was, if we could get, if it was going to come out in theaters, uh, which it probably won't because it's coming out soon. Um, because it's already in post-production. Um, I think that would be a big, I would go. I would go to the theater to see that, and I think a lot of people would because just sort of the, you know, the Nick Cage factor. You know, Nick. Nick yeah. I think I think he'll be back. I you know they put a six point one million. I was reading about his bankruptcy and all this shit that he bought. You know, he bought like a dinosaur skull and he bought a, which turned out to be he did. He did. He bought. It turned out to be stolen from Mongolia, so he had to return it. And uh, he bought. He bought. He had a in his house. He had a great white shark. He had a panther. He had an octopus. Uh, he had like 27 different residences across the world, um, including like the most haunted house in New Orleans. And he had 50 cars, up to 50 cars and motorcycles. 
And, you know, he just spent, he made $150 million. He spent a bunch of money. Uh, so I don't know how much he gets paid for these movies, but at some point they put a lien of $6.1 million. The IRS did on him. Surely he's made $6.1 million since they did that. in like 20, that was in like 2011. He's made like 40, 30 movies since then. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, but I think he, I think he'll be back because I mean, <laughs> I mean, the man loves to work. I get, you got to give him that. I mean, and if he doesn't love it, he, he at least brings it, you know, every time anyway. That's true. He does. Yeah. I, I was actually going to say that the, the color, uh, I thought he was, that was sort of like the widest range. I think he did in any of these films was cause like, like that is, that is kind of the hard part is like, you know, we're so into this streaming mentality that like watching bouncing back and forth between Nick Cage movies becomes, you start to just sort of, you know, misappropriate which movie was what, because he is the same character a lot because he's very Nick Cagey in all these roles. That's, that's why they hired him. Right. So you kind of start mixing up which movie and you start conflating all of them into one giant 12 hour <laughs> opus of mediocrity. It's, it's like the Hobbit of Nick Cage, you know, like, uh, it kind of, it kind of, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Well, Dawson, you said that you were like, you found him. You, after watching these movies, you had a better understanding of him as an actor. Uh, did I? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> we, we all said a lot of shit, Tyson. We all said a lot of shit. I, I just, yeah, I don't know. I feel exhausted by all of it. Because it just, I, I think after the second one, I was like, we've made a huge mistake. I don't know if I can... <laughs> And maybe this is just the snob, like the movie snob in me talking, but I I just, I I like something that, like, where's the beef? I mean, like, back to the beef scene. Like, I just wanted something with substance so bad after these movies where I'd go back to, like, classic movies. Like, I, I watched, like... Annie Hall after one of them. Like, let's like have a palate cleanser. Like a- <laughs> but I think it's safe to say, like, we can put these types of movies in a Nick Cage genre. Like, it's time. Like, they're not like action. They're like, like, it is specifically a Nick Cage movie. Yeah. He's worked so much. I think he deserves it. His own I, genre. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah i mean and to be fair like uh it i mean whether he meant to do it or not you know going bankrupt really sort of i mean he's been in 150 movies or something like that i mean it, yeah i mean we actually uh, saw that uh haunted house that he bought in new orleans when we went on a a ghost tour um so that, my parents, yeah 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 it's creepy highly recommend it <laughs> and I also question like why he did it because the stories from that place uh cuckoo and of course it's like uh okay you can buy this gigantic house for millions of dollars but by the way everyone who's bought it has had a curse put on them <laughs> sold 3.6 million dollars you paid for it yeah uh which is you know no I mean that's a good piece of property except that it's cursed and haunted <laughs> but it's got a great location and location is everything it really no matter, does no it's right what. there in the french quarter beautiful uh well th- uh i have to say uh i do feel like we have made a terrible mistake this to me uh i think no one will have listened to the end of this podcast and if anyone has feel free to let jessica know Please, let me know. Let me know. I can already. I can already. I'm gonna just tell my wife. We should. 
Why, why, like give them something. Like if you heard yeah. this segment, email Jessica Dawson and uh, we'll hook you up with a uh, Starbucks gift card. Um, okay. Let's let let's. How about the first person to email? Because then it'll be like, oh, oh no, we can't yeah. oh, no, oh, we yeah. can't. I don't. I don't, I don't have dollars, Tyson. <laughs> I can't be given six cards away to all six people to listen to this show. <laughs> I also don't want to give a card to Erlene. Well, I'm going to tell my wife straight up who listens to every one of these shows just just to stop. As soon as I we talk about our catchphrase for the year, just fucking just don't. Just don't. It's just like it's not it's like cuz it's I don't I don't know that it was even particularly entertaining entertaining for anyone more than it was like for us. It was almost like group therapy. So, I don't yeah, know. Well, I don't know. Yeah, it does feel a lot like that. <laughs> I don't know how interesting that is. I feel I feel closer to you guys, but uh, I feel <laughs> further away from the rest of humanity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like so we were supposed to originally have Glassman on the show with us today. She couldn't make it, but she had watched zero of these films. So imagine her bewilderment and boredom having set through. <laughs> I don't blame her. That's what I told her. I just said, listen, I get it. <laughs> See you next week. She'd be like, you guys remember face off? We're like, shut up. Not now. Not now. <laughs> I can't get distracted. <laughs> I'm guessing she'll get through about 50 minutes of this podcast and then call it. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. We're at 100. Just like a Nick could... movie. Yep, exactly. 148 minutes on the nose. Ah, uh, yeah. So. <laughs> Anyway, that was a great experiment. Let's never do it again. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I have a feeling that, you know, uh, something like this will come up again. <laughs> I feel we'll, like it will, too. Somebody stop. And also, I would like Nick Cage to listen to this. I want to get this to him. I, I hope. Well, you know, if you put this in the in the description, I'm sure he Googles himself all the time. So, I'm, you know, I'm sure. <laughs> He has time. Like, he searches like want ads for movies. Um, yeah, I think <laughs> I could play a cranky grandpa. Uh, <laughs> no, they actually specific just call out for uh, looking for Nick Cage. And, uh, We're looking for a Nick Cage response. type. Yeah, <laughs> he's like yeah, like the back page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh... <laughs> It's good. Feels good to be done, though. Oh, uh, it, does. It, it, it does. It does. It does. Congrats, guys! You, you guys Thank really you. went for it. I'm I'm proud of you. Five and a half movies. Not too bad. That doesn't sound like a whole lot. Shabby. <laughs> shabby. Sound <laughs> <laughs> like much anything, really. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, is anybody else? I'm gonna. Okay. I kind of said I'd lead on this part, so I'm gonna hand it back to Dawson. So, uh, well, we're at, uh, an hour and 49 minutes. So I feel like we should do plugs at this point, even though we kind of plug the shit out of Nick Cage. So feels a little bit pointless. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. You guys go for us or Matt. What do you uh, plug? yeah, Smith, go. Uh, I'm going to plug the season three of uh, Cobra Kai. Uh, it's excellent. If you've not watched <laughs> Cobra Kai yet, I am, uh, I am a uh, self-serving in my request cause I want to see a season four. Um, but, uh, yeah, did not disappoint. People are going crazy about it. Even so it's much it's gotten huge. Yeah, it's gotten really big. Um, and uh, it's it's kind of magical for me. It really is. It's kind of like people are seeing things my way for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's coming up. <laughs> it really, 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 really is. Uh, yeah, that's that's all. That's all I've got. Uh, watch a television show, third season. You won't, but. <laughs> 
we are gonna watch it. It's been on our list even back when it was on uh, Amazon. We just, or sorry, was it? No, oh, on, on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'll blow through it. Like it's it's quick. It's uh, well written and. Uh, uh, William Zabka cannot get enough of that man. Oh, yeah, uh, I'm gonna plug um, all our front line workers. And no, I'm kidding, Matt. I wouldn't do that to you. Um, Tyson, bitch. I wouldn't do that to you. Although I do appreciate their work. Um, uh, uh, I would like to plug Mr. Mayor. Uh, it's a new show on NBC. It's on Peacock, I think. Uh, as uh, it's just nice to have a uh, Tina Fey and Robert Carlock show back and then coming up uh there's a show called wandavision that's going to be on uh disney plus and i'm very 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 much looking forward yeah, to it that looks great i think it's going to be very strange uh and not what people are expecting and i'm very excited about it so yeah uh, so yeah so those those are my the two plugs i guess plugs uh i would like to plug pete's coffee house blend dark roast uh for getting me through this past week when i haven't been sleeping or feeling good thanks alfred pete for your delicious beans oh i have to say um by the way um for long long time listeners of the show um jessica dawson collier sent me a christmas gift uh from the black rifle coffee company um we had talked about this we talked about them on, on a previous show and i was I was I'd gone to the YouTube tape and it was basically we, we talked about it. Anyway, she sent me a mug and a bag of coffee and a sticker, which I promptly put on my guitar. No. Uh, <laughs> what a statement though, right? Punk rock with their black rifle coffee company. Um uh, anyway, thanks Dawson. Uh so it is the uh the coffee cup has uh the logo and then it says silenced silencer smooth and a picture of a gun with a silencer on it. And um, it is going directly into the tacky wing uh, as soon as I'm done showcasing it in my office for about three months. So, Smith, I got I got my eye on one for you, but I don't want to ruin the surprise. Oh, I I, I wait. And uh, do not go to their site, please. I'm working on it. There's one okay, I well, almost got for Tyson, but I'm going to get it for you. So, well, oh, well, thank you. I can't stop <laughs> thinking about it. Yes, I will. I will not visit their site or. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> no. Don't do any of that. It's actually pretty awful. But uh, as as your reward for actually fucking putting all the effort into the country, well, that means a lot to me. Thank you. I uh, let me know. I'll Venmo you some money for that. I think he deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> I think he deserves it. And Kathy, we'll get her a mug too. Yeah, she does. Yeah. There was a there was a movie. That Matt and I watched at my house uh, a couple of years ago called uh, A Tale of Two Corys. It was like the last thing I had on my DVR box. Uh, it was about two of his favorite actors, um, Corey Feldman and Corey Aim. And we watched it. And just as a joke, I got him a, uh, I got him a poster of that movie, and I sent it to him. But I didn't tell him I sent it to him. <laughs> and it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I went in, there was a, a poster tube on my not having ordered a poster. I thought, that's odd that someone had sent me a blueprint or something. And so I open it up and I shit you not, like I unfurled it on my couch. And I like started like looking around the room, like who knows, like who <laughs> knows of my affinity. 
<laughs> or the two Corys, and moreover, the two Corys film, and like, and I don't know, did I, did I like ask you, Tyson, like, or like, I, I don't remember how, but like, I was legitimately like worried that like my, you like that's the one time, like, I don't worry about my social security number, my, eh. <laughs> that freaked me out. That was like, this has gone too far, um, and it was. You did reach out to me. You did. You did. Yeah, okay. Okay. I was. It was like right after work, and I was like, "This is just." It was the weirdest thing. Uh, so now the world knows. So nothing. No. No fear there. I promise you, no one has made it this far into this podcast. So we probably. Should. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking troll. But if you did, we'll send you a fifteen dollar Home Depot. <laughs> I love it. I love that more than Starbucks. Something I, they won't I, use. <laughs> I was I got I was in a poker tournament for my company once, and the grand prize was uh, a fifty dollar gift card to uh, um, uh, uh, oh fuck uh, the Italian place, the worst Italian restaurant in the world. Um, uh, you know the bre- unlimited the bread Olive strip. Garden. Olive Garden, yeah. <laughs> So you do know, and I, I, I hate to take this uh, podcast to the two hour, hour mark, but I'm willing. Um, <laughs> did you see the Did you see the Sean Hannity story about? Okay, okay, no. All right, so basically, somebody mocked up on their Twitter feed like they were retweeting. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dawson, but like they were retweeting the Olive Garden, and basically the all this post basically pretended to be the Olive Garden, and then said that they were taking away Sean. Uh, uh, What's his name? Uh, not Hannity. Spicer. Sean right. Hannity's yeah. uh, what? What the uh, pasta pass? And <laughs> and like right wing media went nuts about this uh, because they didn't check their sources. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> and so and so it got retweeted that oh my god, Olive Garden, and like it turned into this whole. But I'm gonna a word I'm gonna be on for about six weeks. Kirk Fuffle. and um, it it just it went all over the place. And then like Anderson Cooper like made a comment about it. There are people like talking about Anderson Cooper's like this, you know, privileged liberal rich guy. He's a <laughs> Vanderbilt. So it shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, about how he was too good for Olive Garden. And it just, it turned into this giant thing. So was that recent? More, yeah. What happened yeah. like two days ago. Yeah. yeah. So you're, you're like incredibly topical. <laughs> you know, <laughs> once in a blue moon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or, as my, or as my grandpa used to say, hotter than a $3 bill. Um, uh, okay. Do you have any plugs? Oh, you did. That's right. Because that the coffee, and then that's the thing. Uh, all right, should we go to two minutes? No, we should just we should we should mercy. Kill I don't know. Do I, we I, or do we or don't we? Uh, what do we? Let's let's uh, end it. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll save uh, we'll save that for another day. I it's have to big, go to the bathroom. It's gonna take honestly. really take us into another league at this point. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, I'm going to be on the phone with the Guinness Book of World Records here for the next two hours. So I got to go. Um, but always a pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thank uh, you. Nick Cage, uh, don't go changing. <laughs> See you guys next week. Bye.
sorry I, I dropped you. I had to say the declaration. No, don't be. I would have done exactly the same thing to you. Really? I would have dropped you both. Freaks.